Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So today the Trudeau liberals announced Trans Mountain Part 2 is now in a way. They're not going to appeal the, de- the decision because they say it would take too long. So this will play well for headlines. But if you start breaking this down, what they're talking about with Trans Mountain now is going to take years in consultation. And we're assuming that activist groups will not find some other species of tree frog that they need to save that can tie up the courts. And now the liberals aren't even committing to a timeline. They don't even know how long this thing will take. How long will the consultations take? But they're ragging the puck. They're buying grace, I think, with protesters. So they're going to tiptoe through a political minefield and not anger them, but try to convince Canada that, yeah, they're trying to get something done. But not enough that will, you know, irritate their environmental base. You know, but it's interesting because when it came to things like legalizing dope, we got a hard date. Implementing cap and trade got a hard, you know, a firm date. But this government will not commit to a timeline of when they're going to get this pipeline built. And they're not going to bother changing any of the NBEB, the National Energy Board regulations that they themselves implemented. And now we learn late today that they may gift this to First Nations. So we bought a $4.5 billion pipeline we're just going to give away now? The whole thing's a mess. Let's bring in Dan McTeague to the conversation. He's a petroleum energy analyst and, of course, former Liberal MP, also with GasBuddy.com. Hello there, sir. Hello, Alex. Uh, emphasis on the former Liberal. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how many of you there are these days. You kind of make it known we're former Liberals, but nonetheless... Well, it's yeah, events like this that really uh, put in, in very, very clear perspective why many of us uh, feel that the current Liberal government is uh, off the rails. Certainly not looking at a more pragmatic solution here, which is to get on with this. Right. Okay, so we'll, we'll get into the whole, you know, LNG, the big natural gas line that also kind of plays into this narrative as well. But let's start with Trans Mountain. When you saw the announcement today, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, my, la- my last guest, Bill Hutchison, said this thing ain't getting built. I tend to agree with him. Do you think this is going to get built at all? Uh, no, I don't think it's going to get built at all, unless, of course, it's given away to folks who may or may not have the same interests at the end of the day of, uh, of ensuring that it uh, delivers uh, an additional 540,000 barrels of oil to the rest of the world so that we actually get maybe $70 for our oil on a day like today when it's trading at 76.46 uh, rather than 28.23. By the way, that number is Western Canadian Select. It's the benchmark for about 2 million barrels, so the majority of the oil that we sell. Uh, it is obviously upgraded and mixed, but uh, even that's only getting 55 bucks a barrel. But if you look around the world, there is nowhere anywhere, Venezuela, Libya, Nigeria, countries that have traditionally you know, economic, uh, social, civil strife, uh, are selling their oil for under $60 a barrel. Only Canada permits the embarrassment of a $28 oil when the rest of the world is taking advantage of it. And so, I mean, Alex, there's a number of ways to proceed with this, but the one I like the most is Canadians who don't think this is important better look at the value of the Canadian dollar because it's the Canadian dollar versus the U.S. currency, 
which really determines the cost of our living. Yeah. Everything we price is in U.S. terms. The fact that we're only getting 128 pennies to buy one U.S. dollar, everyone is saying, oh, get NAFTA settled and it'll drop you know, back to even baloney. The fact is, 28, you're working 28% harder to earn the same things you would earn, otherwise earn if we had the pipelines in place. That's the cost of dithering. That's the cost of, uh, of ignoring uh, the significance of getting our oil to tide waters. Yeah, I mean, after NAFTA, I know they're saying it's a great deal. It's got very many you know holes in it and questionable areas of it. You know, at this point, I think people would feel better if we just knew that we could get something done. Like, they've got it at some point. I don't know what yeah. they could have done. I mean, I know that they couldn't have taken this to court because it would have taken too long. But the way they're going about it now tells me that they don't really expect to get it done. And then it was, it's interesting because they were asked about it. Like, when, what will you do at the end of this? They're not even committing to an end date on this, which tells me they may be willing to walk away from it altogether. Well, look, I mean, the decision by the judge uh, in, the case, in this case, the Federal Court of Appeal, had already set down her parameters for what uh, would be proper consultation. She obviously didn't take into account Transport Canada's uh, very long, lengthy, thorough, and in-depth look at uh, you know the South resident orcas and that uh, this would not have an effect on them any more than the 7,000 ships that pass there every year. Uh, so one, two, three, four extra ships a week is not going to make a whit of difference. Being as it may, I think she, uh, the Prime Minister would have shown uh, uh, an absolute uh, interest in making this thing pass, uh, if he's truly committed to it, and I don't believe he is, uh, by simply saying, I'm reserving the decision. I'm going to set this decision aside. Uh, we will engage in consultation, but we are going to proceed with building. That's our mandate. That's the covenant we've given to the company. Well, now, of course, we own it. Uh, and uh, get on with uh, the process of building this. If at some point down the road it can't be built, uh, or there has to be some negotiations, don't use this valuable time up to do this. We have produced zero pipelines in this country at a time when Americans have been able to build half a million miles worth of pipeline in the past two years. It's 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 bizarre, and it only happens in Canada because we tend to really bend over backwards for for eco-zealots who, frankly, uh, are a very small minority in this country and uh, who do not have the wider public interest at heart. Yeah, it's interesting, and they're already making an, an awful lot of noise about today's announcement, but they're also quite upset about um, the natural gas line that has been given approval um, that, that was announced yesterday. This is a massive deal, $40 billion, 10,000 jobs in B.C. This yeah. was, of course, Stephen Harper and Christy Clark um, yeah. did all the, the heavy lifting on this. It was pretty much a signature for, for the Trudeau government. But um, I, I also don't think that will get done. Well, look, Petronas had done the same thing, a $37 billion project. They walked away from it. Why? Because of regulations. It's all nice to talk about renewal and doing all this wonderful stuff and saying that, you know, uh, natural gas uh, produces less emissions than oil. That's true, and I think it's great news. But I don't believe it's going to get done either for the simple reason that Petronas walked after it realized it had to go through uncertainty, regulatory hoops. The smartest thing that company ever did was just pull out and it with it. Mm-hmm. It also uh, you know, set in motion an avalanche of about $120 billion uh, in money, in, in investments that have left Canada because it's not a place you want to risk any of your capital. We are, uh, you know, we, we, we basically blow in the wind in this country. We, we sort of fly by the seat of our pants. Anybody can come up with a spurious claim, as you saw with the Federal Court of Appeal, mm-hmm. make, a, make, a, you know, make an argument. The court doesn't have to take into consideration all the facts or the time or the money you've invested. It doesn't even have to look at the ultimate national interests of the country. So it's okay to you know, flush down the toilet $120 billion 
in uh, in uh, uh, investments that have been that have left the country. It's okay to see a dollar twenty eight as a uh, benchmark for our currency, and it's okay to basically say we're not going to uh, back our golden goose. The, the, you know, the, when I sat as a member of parliament, one of the main reasons Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin were able to pull us out of the debt wasn't just a robust international economy. Mm-hmm. It's because at the same time we had a very strong uh, energy sector yep. in which we were able to sell a lot more oil and get our debts paid off. Right. And that has uh, become very, very unpopular for whatever reason. But, you know, activism and the foreign funding that comes in against it is, has, has taken its toll. There is no question. It has absolutely pulverized us as a market. But, so you know, why is no media looking at it? Well, I mean, yeah. uh, save and accept those out there. Why are we not looking at this? Who are the vandals? Who's, fi- who's funding these guys? Well, the good Bloomberg news is Andrew Scheer says he'll look into it. I mean, I hope yeah. he does. The information's all out there. But the other thing is, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, we're a year away from a, an election. I don't know if these become election issues because it's not the sexiest thing to campaign on. Um, you know, hey, I've got a pipe or whatever. I mean, you can't make it sexier than it really is. But um, when does the window close in your estimation, Dan, on Canada just being yesterday's news when it comes to energy development? It already has. Okay. We're talking 85 $86 for a barrel. So of we're never going to be able to maximize on anything. We'll always be playing catch up. Well, I mean, it's uh, you know, we're in a situation where we're not able to take advantage for the first time in our lives since the 1950s, uh, since the uh, 40s, the discovery of the Duke, Alberta. The first time we've not been able to realize anywhere near international prices for our product and commodities because we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the political will in this country. And, uh, you know, I, we can deal with the political side, which is that you've got a government that doesn't want to be uh, enemies of those who are for and those who are against and basically can take some kind of ride right up the, uh, you know, ride right up the middle on this. Unfortunately, neither side is happy and both sides are going to be out to uh, to hammer the Liberals in the next election. But the difference for me is what it's done to, in terms of the viability of our economy. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you see this government, and other provincial governments increase their national debts and deficits because we're no longer generating wealth. We're seeing wealth leave the country. You've got to start to ask yourself, what prize programs do you now want to start to cut back on? Your health care, your pensions, what other social programs are, are must-haves that Canadians want but have not given thought to how they're going to pay for them when you've basically taken, as I mentioned earlier, the golden goose and gored it. Well, maybe that's why Mr. Trudeau is cooling off on his national housing approach. <laughs> He has no money, uh, and what money he has, he's going to have to borrow. And if he wants to get back to those days, I mean, I, I look, I'm a 38-year member of uh, the Liberal Party. I was there in 1981. I was there in 1978 when I saw 21, 22% interest rates in August of 1981. I worked for the housing minister as a young intern uh, in 1981 when people walked in throwing the keys in, in our constituency office at Ellesmere Road in Markham in Scarborough. Uh, working for Paul Cosgrove, when people were losing their shirts because the government allowed finances to get out of control and the yeah. government was encroaching. We've got to get away from that. And the worst thing we can do is to walk away from one of the most important industries we have, energy, petroleum products, at a time when the world is prepared to pay us triple what we're getting today. Yeah. I see these announcements, and it's just unfortunate that you can't get excited about them anymore because you just know they're not going anywhere. So. <laughs> I think public have to take you know concern about this. I think the public is understanding this. They can't afford high prices for energy in a country that's blessed with abundance. Yeah. We're really being led by a handful of people who do not have Canada's best interest at heart. And I think it's time to take the eco-vandals, ignore them. They have no position uh, in, in terms of being able to determine policy in this country. And I think that's what the next election should be about. I'll be out there helping. Oh, good. I'll go with you. Blow, I'll give you the blowhorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bang the pots. Thanks, Dan. Yeah.
Thanks, Alex. Cheers. That is uh, Dan McTagg. Uh, you can catch him over at GasBuddy.com. He always updates uh, things like gas prices. The other, the other thing I'll point out is, you know, Venezuela, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, they don't do this approval crap, okay? They just build it. Do you think they have people out there saying, we don't want the oil, we don't want the oil? No, they'd go in there with a machete and hack them all to pieces. Okay, they don't have these processes. At least we do have a process, but the process is being abused. But for all those people talking, you know, accepting all the Venezuelan oil and all that, do you think that do you think they're doing any of this stuff? No. It that's why it's just so hypocritical. Crazy. All right. Now I'm just trying to picture Mr. Shear with a machete. Yeah, I mean honestly, we are we are we are to a we are to our detriment allowing people to just railroad over us. I've got a tree frog. I need to save it. There's two left. Can't build a pipeline here. I love tree frogs too. But I need to be able to afford my country.